This podcast is brought to you by iParty Boat Rentals. Look to spend that amazing time in South Florida, then you gotta spend it on the water. Celebrate that special occasion, birthday, anniversary, no matter what it is, get with iParty Boat Rentals. Book your yacht right now on iParty Boat Rentals on Instagram, and don't miss none of the fun in the sun. iParty Boat Rentals. Hey guys, your boy Slim City Live with the First of All podcast, and we're doing something a little different today with my twin brother, uh, Dr. Nicholas Jeffrey um, for for uh, just taking time out. Nick, when you talking to the mic, just make sure you talk directly into the mic. Oh, okay, my bad. All right, so um, we're recording. We're live on f- Instagram, and we're live from another phone, so we can you can put in questions that you might have, and then we can get on it. So um, pretty much uh, last time we were discussing this is um, we're just talking about COVID, and um, and Nick. Uh, we went to very answered a lot of questions as far as um, you know the the mythbusters the 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 common misconception especially you had a lot of information for women that were pregnant and can this, I just want you to give everybody a background of what you have accomplished in your life as far as your professional career uh, like what are my credentials you mean your credentials yeah okay just fuck up just <laughs> <laughs> fuck up. What the fuck we not going to do today? Uh, so, you know, basically I'm an obstetrician, gynecologist. I work at Memorial Regional on Johnson Street. Um, Don't tell niggas where you work. <laughs> I mean, it's like you can just Google my name. It's it's on there. Um, you know, I did my medical school at FSU. Um, I did graduate school at the Florida A&M University. And I did my OBGYN residency at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. Um, I work at the high-risk division of aesthetics and gynecology at Memorial Regional. So basically what we do is, you know, whenever um, there's a physician or OBGYN in the community that has an at-risk pregnancy and they don't feel comfortable managing, they send them to our group and we manage those pregnancies. So... That a large part of that does include uh, pregnant women with COVID nineteen, especially women with severe COVID nineteen. Okay, and what would you consider a severe case of COVID nineteen? Like, what is that for you guys? So, uh, the definition of um, uh, severe COVID nineteen is anytime um, someone has COVID nineteen and they require some kind of supplemental oxygenation, whether it's uh, nasal cannula or all the way up to intubation. So basically, if you can't uh, support your own oxygen on your own breathing on room air, uh, they consider that to be um, severe COVID-19. Oh, okay. So um, what are the, some basic misconceptions about this vaccine that everyone's uh, you know pretty much split down the middle to receive or, or get? Um, I think probably, uh, well, the most frustrating myth is that um, that I hear or I've seen online is uh, that the majority of um, uh, people who are getting sick with COVID are vaccinated. My bad. No, you keep talking. All right. yeah. uh, and that's actually, you know, like uh, probably the most obscene myth uh, because the, actually the opposite is true. Um, the majority of people who are getting sick and getting admitted to the hospital, you know, over 80% of them are unvaccinated. It's a very... F- it's a very rare um, occurrence that someone gets admitted to the hospital who is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you that um, among the dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, pregnant women that have been admitted to the hospital under my care, all of them, I want to you know make sure I'm clear, all of them have been unvaccinated. 
Very bold statement. Yeah, because it's true. It's true. Oh, man. So, um, okay. Well, just to be clear, that doesn't mean all pregnant women who get admitted to the hospital are vaccinated. Just I'm just saying um, all, all the women that I have admitted to the hospital were unvaccinated. So they come well, to you. Me and my group. Okay, so they come to you. God damn, what are we drinking again? Uh, we are drinking. Is this free? Yeah, we Is this free advertisement. I shouldn't say. Huh? I mean, you gotta support the country. Appleton Twenty One. <laughs> damn, that thing on the rock. Yeah, me on the rock. On the rock. It tastes like a c- cigar. That's what I. I feel like it tastes like. Simmons. I mean, I I I I I'll ride and die for Appleton. Mm-hmm. Me too. I love Appleton. Oh, Appleton, everything. Apple, yeah, I can drink Appleton. Yeah, it's very good. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just go back to what the vaccine really is and um, just a breakdown of the history of the vaccine because you understand it way more than I do. And you can kind of help people understand that this didn't happen overnight. Because I think that's another big misconception mm-hmm. that people think it just happened yesterday. Yeah. And boom. Yeah, that's true too. I guess it's another myth that's pretty frustrating is uh, people think that this is something that was kind of like haphazardly thrown together and just kind of put out there without really much care or thought. Um, you know, uh, what the, well, the, the, what's the, the novelty of the vaccines that are uh, currently on market today, Moderna and Pfizer, uh, those are mRNA vaccines. So basically, mRNA is the instructions of how to make a protein. Um, so we have to kind of go back to our um, high school biology class and um, the mRNA gets injected. And most of y'all niggas probably didn't pass. But go ahead. <laughs> shout out to summer science. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to summer science. Have y'all niggas say, you know, nothing going on in biology, but go ahead. This is why we have the professionals here. Yeah, so uh, the, it gets injected to your body. It doesn't integrate with your DNA, anything like that. It can't do that. It can't get into the nucleus. The nucleus is where your DNA is. It can't do that. Um, so uh, your body makes the protein. And then the protein uh, gets put on the surface of your cells, and then your immune system recognizes it, and makes antibodies to that protein because it recognizes that protein as foreign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that if your body does come into contact with the virus, then um, the pro- the antibodies are there, so they're there to attack the virus as soon as it enters your body. Okay. Um, and as far as the history. Um, you know, mRNA as a therapeutic has been under a lot of research for many, many years. Uh, the first time uh, mRNA was um, studied was back in like the early 90s. They basically injected rats with mRNA and then they euthanized the rats and then tried to see if the mRNA they injected into the rats uh, expressed that protein. Okay. And that was the first time that they proved that you could inject uh a foreign mRNA into a living being and then you could get that protein back. So that was back in the early 90s. And basically, you know, fast forward up until now, after studies, many, many, many studies, uh, it's kind of been fine-tuned to what we have today. Uh, Even back in the early 2000s and the um, 2010s, uh, they were using, uh, they were studying mRNA in um, other diseases, they haven't yet panned out, but uh, with this vaccine, it has panned out to be an effective therapeutic. Okay. So this is just something that we've been working on. Pretty much is something we've been working on, working on, but never knew we had to use it. Yeah, the proper application. And, um, you know, with this vaccine, it was kind of an unprecedented um, 
global cooperation. So one of the reasons why it takes vaccines so long to come out is number one of the one of the bigger things is enrolling people into studies. So mm-hmm. you know you need people to volunteer to be in a study. A lot of people aren't you know willing to volunteer, especially for vaccine studies, because vaccine studies typically recruit healthy individuals. You know, not mm-hmm. like a new cancer drug. You know, sometimes yeah. those people are desperate. But, you know, it's really hard to recruit healthy people for uh, clinical studies. Yeah. Well, with this, with these vaccines, they didn't have that problem um, between um, Moderna like and Pfizer. Like the whole world, whole world on deck. Yeah. All hands all in. All hands on deck. So yeah. between Moderna and Pfizer, they were able to enroll uh, 70,000, over 70,000 people into that study. You know, some studies, you know, you couldn't do that over, you know, five years. Years, yeah. So they did that even within a couple of months. So uh, that's one of the reasons why they... It, it came. I was approved so fast because they had they were able to recruit all the people that they needed very quickly and get all the gain, gain uh, gather all the data. Yeah, and they were able to gather all the data pretty quickly because the pandemic was so bad. Yeah. So you know, before uh, these studies start, they basically have like a data safety monitoring board, which is like basically a third party that comes in and makes sure that the study is being done safely. Mm-hmm. And um, they say, okay, after this many infections occur in the study. Um, uh, they got to stop it. They have to stop it. And then if uh, if things, let's say, it becomes too dangerous or they're getting too many complications, they study, they, they can stop it even before it ends. Mm. Uh, so um, basically, they had enough data that came in so quickly that they were able to get all the data that they need to show that it was effective. Oh, man, that's crazy. So mm-hmm. what are what are some things that, I mean, just general information that, and just for everybody watching and tuning in right now, if you're on the live of Instagram Live, uh, just please, you know, share this with as much people as you can. Share it to. I really appreciate everybody just sharing this. That just want general information or have general questions. If you have your friends that are pregnant or anything like that, they need information. Please share this live right now so that they yeah, can jump this is in. A free medical advice. So free medical advice. Get it. And um, you can ask your questions in the comment section, and I will definitely um, stop the conversation or let Nick finish the. Finish his statement And then I will definitely Let you ask your question And we'll do our best to answer. Well he'll do his best To answer them So I ain't gonna answer shit I'm just gonna ask The tough questions And just You know Keep it in In as Fisher Price As possible <laughs> yeah. Cause you know Niggas them Big words Be losing your butt If you feel me Alright Yeah I'm, Sometimes I worry about that with, with these kinds of things If I'm like Talking over people's heads Yeah Somebody said you lost them In MRNA <laughs> <laughs> Which is about got uh, eight minutes to go, be. Uh, I would like to say, like, if if uh, never mind. <laughs> nah, guy, nah, speak your speak nah, truth, bro. Nah, nah, that's all good. Oh man, so <laughs> whatever. I mean, so what are like what are things that are going on as far as like as you see the the, the way that things are shifting on for, as far as the news about um. COVID, what, what information do you want to just give, put out there just to like, you know, make people feel at ease with taking this vaccine or what vaccines should they take? And the, what's the other thing they were doing now? The the boosters and the... Oh, with the booster shots? And the other thing. What's the other shit you was telling me about them with the... Damn, it starts with an M. The uh, M-E something, but no some shit. <laughs> Bro, you know what it is because you spoke about it last time on here. What was it again? I guess some type of treatment, an additional treatment. Oh, monoclonal antibodies. Man, see, start with an M, bro. When I told you, bro, I knew what I was talking about, bro. Start oh, with an okay. M. Yeah. Um, so I guess we could talk about the booster. The booster is very controversial, actually. Okay. Well, not that controversial. It's more controversial in the media, but not really 
controversial in, in the medical world. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I guess like, um, you know, the, Politically, there was a push to make boosters available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, the FDA convened and determined that uh, some people should get boosters and some people shouldn't. Uh, what they determined was uh, people who should be getting boosters are is if you're over 65 or if you have a, um, medical condition, a medical condition, you know, like if you have a history of cancer, if you have heart disease, if you have lung disease, or if you have something that puts you at risk of getting severe disease. Yeah, you should um, get a booster. Yeah, those people should get a booster, and you can get a booster about six months um, From your it. initial vaccination. Yeah, and if you're immunocompromised, you could get a third shot after 28 days. Um, What's immunocompromised? So, you know, people who have HIV, people who mm-hmm. have, or who've had a history of an organ transplant, um, people who take immunosuppressants, those kinds of things. Um, so, uh, you know, I think, but politically there was a push to make it uh, available to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what, um, the reason why I don't think it's that controversial is because one thing that we do know is that if you get a booster shot, it's safe. You know, you're not, there's not like a lot of harm into doing it. Uh, but I think there is a concern. This is just me speculating. This is my own speculation. I uh-huh. think there's just a concern for the supply, you know, supply of vaccine and making sure, um, you know, everyone can get one who wants one. And, um, and I think that, um, you know, me personally, I don't think booster shots are going to be very helpful for, you know, the pandemic, which is why these things are out. These things are out to improve the pandemic situation. But, uh, you know, the pandemic is right now mostly affecting people who are unvaccinated mm-hmm. and just giving boosters to people who, who are already vaccinated isn't going to help out the pandemic okay. that much. Okay, you know, so the focus really does need to be on getting people who are unvaccinated. Vaccinated. Oh, okay. Um, so you recently traveled um, recently and are you, do you want to say, do you care? Yeah, I mean, I, went right, to just, I went to Paris. He went to Paris <laughs> for our, my niece, his daughter's birthday. And what was that, that travel experience like crossing the pond? Uh, well, um, you know, you know, I know people here are, are very um, acutely concerned about having their freedoms impinged upon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a cultural thing. That's kind of what makes America, America. You yeah. Know? Um, and, you know, over there, there's a, a whole vaccine passport. You cannot move within the city without a vaccine passport or some kind of health passport. So basically in France, uh, you either have to have been vaccinated or you have to have a, have a negative test within the last three days. Okay. That's to do anything, go, to go anywhere. To anywhere. Any restaurant, um, any public space. Really. So you had to walk around with your vaccination card. Yeah, and they and they they accepted our you know that little yeah the paper. The paper? Yeah, Did you get your laminated? No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but you could walk into you know that's how we got into Disneyland. We went to Disneyland Paris there. Yeah. We got into Disneyland just by showing our passport. Your passport um, and your card. Yeah. So what most people in Europe have is they have um, a QR code. Like either print out on paper or um, you have it on, on your, your phone. phone. And basically anywhere you go, any restaurant, they scan it. And mm. they make sure that you're good and that, and that it's recent. That you're vaccinated. And that's how, yeah, that you're vaccinated or you wow. have a negative test in the last 72 hours. And, that's what mm. and you don't see that shit never happen in America. Uh, I, I, to be honest, my feeling was when this whole thing started... 
the fact that there wasn't a plan for that in place from the get go, I had a feeling that it was never going to be. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I, only it, way, the only way that's going to get picked up is if like a major tech company picks up on it, like Apple or something like that, Google, and they pick up on it and they and they run with it. What, what's the show your brother your fake vaccination card. <laughs> Bro, my vax card real. I got vaccinated. I ain't got no cap, but I did make a copy of it and I laminated the copy. So the copy is in my passport <laughs> okay. that I made, but mm. my original is in my car. I don't want to travel with the original. Yeah, I mean, the whole, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, there's nothing official about that paper. You know, yeah. it's just a, there's no watermark on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no QR code. No, no yeah, QR you're right. code. It's not linked to any public database. Anymore. I know niggas bootlegging them shits right of course, now. Of course. 250. You know, I'm sure people are, you know. But no, but I feel like if you're, if you're, if you're, if you, uh, me and you have got vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So we're in some kind of database. I mean, somewhat, you know, we're, we're somewhere. In the, we're in the database of whoever vaccinated. got vaccinated. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just businesses and companies that have access to that. Yeah. And be able to look you up by last name or social no, security. There's no central database. Though. Exactly. Like, you know, but we're, nothing, nothing centralized. There's not yeah. like a lot of coordinate, coordination and information sharing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got vaccinated at Memorial Specialty Pharmacy. The only people who know I got vaccinated is Memorial. You know, like yeah, I could, you know, I could, I could go to Georgia. The state of Georgia doesn't know if I got, you know. Yeah. Oh no, man! Mm -hmm. But do you you feel like that the way they're doing it in Paris was like the most safe safest way? Like, uh, you feel more safer, or did you, did you feel safer that everybody in your proximity was vaccinated? Um, well, first of all, I don't know everybody in my proximity was vaccinated, yeah. and I know. Even from experience from me working in a hospital that, you know, false negatives happen all the time. Uh, not all the time, but they happen f frequently enough where, you know, I mean, that's the only, it's the most reliable thing we have, but I know they, they can't happen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people, I noticed that when I was in Paris, people were masked around the same rate people here wear masks. Mm -hmm. you know, like, wait, in, wait, we're a mask in other places or a mask in Florida because Florida is a different animal. In Florida. You know, Not a lot of people like, wear masks. Well, it was like half and half. Like yeah. Half people wore masks. Half yeah. Didn't, you in know, the park? On the street. Yeah. Or just everyday day. life. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I felt safer. I mean, I, I feel, I'm more, I kind of worry about like London more than anything else. So like if I take her out, I try to make it worth it, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, like, you know, Paris was like a, you know, a once in a lifetime experience that, you know, she could have and the opportunity came. Bro, she ain't gonna remember shit, bro. She's three. Hey, she's gonna have the pictures. So. You ain't never going back. <laughs> that what they do. Yeah, that what parents do when they got jit. They just go to these wild places. They would never go. They know they're not taking their jit back there when they have like some sense. Yeah. So I, I mean, I I know I'm fine because I know at the end of the day, um, you know, if I get sick, mm -hmm. my wife gets sick, or my mother-in-law gets sick, or my stepson gets sick, you know, no, no, if the numbers play out, we'll be fine. You know, we may if we get sick, we may have a symptom here and there. Yeah. But you know, chances are we're not gonna die. Mm -hmm. There's an over a 99.9% .9 chance that we're not going to die. Uh, but I do, I do kind of worry about my daughter. That's why, it, you know, if I take her out somewhere, I try to make it worth it. I try to make sure she has her mask on all, you know, at all times, especially mm -hmm. the outdoors and stuff like that. And we just kind of play it that way. Yeah, because whenever I come home, like, my mom was like, don't touch her. Get away. I'm like, yo, what, what do you yeah. think is it? Like, you need to go shower before you touch London. You know, London ain't having that. London's going to, like... Run and jump on me. So. Yeah, nah, kids have no uh, respect for hygiene. And nah, not at all. Like 
Yeah. So what do you think about uh, like when you when you have these issues with these mask mandates in schools and things like that? Are you getting also notices about those at your job? Do you have those discussions or are you like are they coming to you guys asking you? Nah, that's like a, that's that's a account like a school official kind of decision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I think that if you're in school. Like, you got to be wearing masks at school. Like, you know, school's an indoor activity. Like, yeah. And you crowding a bunch of kids into a, a room. Uh, kids are kids nasty. Are interacting and stuff like that. Like, you, you got to have the kids wear a mask. Like, you know, my daughter's three, and she knows, like, when she, without me telling her, she knows to grab her mask and put them on before she walks out the door. It's just out of habit. Mm-hmm. She just knows it out of habit. Um, you know, like, all this stuff about masks being harmful to kids, you know, that's all kind of BS. Like, you gotta, you gotta think about the bigger picture. You yeah, know, like I, I, I think bigger picture, yes, but I think in the moments like the social skills, because mm-hmm. kids' social skills are just already declining yeah. at an incredible rate, and the, this pandemic and has and the mass, I feel like it's like accelerating mm-hmm. the the anxiety of kids talking to uh, just other people. Like I was yeah. remember I was just listening to a a podcast yesterday, the Joe Rogan podcast, and she was um. You know, the lady was, uh, she was a psychiatrist and she was writing a, a book about, uh, you know, um, addiction. So she treats a lot of patients, more mostly males, like video game addiction, for example, mm-hmm. because they're in depression because they don't know how to talk to people. So they're having to fight the addiction of the video, game. video games and, and then, then actually learn socialize. Exactly. Yeah. And they do not know how to talk. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, like, the pandemic times that by a oh, thousand. Yeah. I can't, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, all the studies that are come back, that are going to come out like, you know, a decade from now that's showing like, you know, the long-term impacts that this pandemic has caused on kids. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting. We're not going to know, we're not going to know a lot until maybe 10 years down the road. Yeah. Cause I think my daughter's social skills are like trash. <laughs> I think they're so bad. I like mean, just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I think like, you know, I'm, th- I'm probably speaking a little bit out of my, you know, my lane here. But, you know, if it was up to me to make like a, a mass policy for school, I would just give parents a choice. Like, you know, if you if your kid comes to school, they have to wear a mask. If you don't want your kids to wear a mask, they have to do online school because all that all the last year and a half. We've, we've built up this like online school infrastructure mm-hmm. and um, I don't think it's, you know, it doesn't serve people to just kind of throw it away. Yeah. If you want, if you don't want your kids to wear masks, that's fine. You just have them do online school. Yeah. But I just, I, I mean, I've, I've peeped some of that online school stuff and it's like a joke. Like, you okay, know, Kenny well, has you, no, Kenny yeah, has the, no, for her first, first mm-hmm, grade, mm-hmm. there's no homework in first grade. Oh, what is <laughs> Uh, what Nick? Yeah, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't do. I don't. I'm not a teacher. I don't. I'm know, just. I'm, we're not. We're not just. I'm just saying, like, yeah. Nick. When we were growing up, mm-hmm. <laughs> bro, did when you really think about how mommy had like, we used to go to school. Yeah, we used to, re- wait, hold on. No, wait. Do you, don't you realize that like most of the homework that we did was not assigned from school? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but, but PK, PK though, yeah. we had, <laughs> bro, we had school. Mm-hmm. Then we had boys and girls club. And the times that we didn't, and we had to do our work at was, and we had Miss Mr. Taylor, yeah. And then then we started going to 
boys and girls club, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So there'll be days that we just go Miss Taylor, mm-hmm. and that's just extracurricular activities. That in, and then remember when we started playing football, mm-hmm. we had to go to Miss Taylor first, then go to practice. Yeah. And we showed the practice late every day. Yeah. Yeah. Just so to, just to hear, like, granted, and I, I mean, maybe you might have might have mm-hmm. not have needed it as much as I did, but I know. If I didn't have that, God knows where I'd be now. I just feel like you being way smarter than me made me smarter. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, if I'm just with you, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to rub off on me some way, shape, or form. It's going to get me to the next level. Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like, I'm very grateful that mommy never like compared us or put us on competition on any like athletic or academic level. But I knew at a very young age, I was like, okay, he's way smarter than me. And I was, I never, and I was okay with that. It never bothered me. You know what I'm saying? I don't think, I don't think I'm naturally smarter than you. I worked harder at school than you. No, bro. <laughs> no, bro. You're naturally, you. No, I'm not naturally. You yes, you are. are. As, you just, no, you I'm not. as smart as I am. No, I'm, bro, I'm not, bro. Yes, you are. You are as smart as I Nick, am. Nick, I'm going to tell you how I know we not, I'm not as smart <laughs> as you. Remember when, we, I remember Saturday mornings, we used to go to that one spot in Plantation. We went to that like advanced learning. That, it was like math class. Math, bruh, bruh. Yeah. I was struggling. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was struggling. I was like, how is these? So I forgot the name, what the name it was, but pretty much me and my brother went to this math, um, this it's Saturday like morning. Enrichment, like math enrichment. Math enrichment, yeah. but it wasn't regular math. It was like some like trickster. They're like math puzzles. Math puzzles, bruh. And I'm here sitting next to my brother. I'm like, yo. This this is crazy. Why am I even here? We're wasting my time. <laughs> this ain't for me. I, and I, there was thirty. Uh, we supposed to be talking about COVID. I understand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. Like, you know what I'm hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Masquerade. Anybody? 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 All right. So, anyways. Back to COVID. We're going to just did this little brother conversation. But once again, if you're watching the live right now, we have any questions, please jump in and ask any questions that you might have. And um, what up, Jess? My FIU alumni in the building. Even though I didn't graduate, but shout out to FIU. Um, and then uh, we have um, yeah, anybody that's, you know, dealing with pregnancy and have COVID questions, please jump in the live, share this live to them, and let them jump in and ask their questions straight ahead. Um, once again, let's Nick, let's talk about the, the monoclonal the, 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 monoclonal antibodies. Yeah, whatever. So what's that? What's that about right now? So basically, uh, monoclonal antibodies are um, a therapeutic that's made by a company called Regeneron, um, and they make other uh, medications too, and therapeutics or other things, or they will be. But basically, they make the they make antibodies to um, uh, to certain proteins. On, of the coronavirus, okay. and uh, if you uh, get sick and you are at risk of severe disease, again, like if you have a complex medical history, like you have asthma, you have lung disease, you have cancer, those kinds of things, um, you could get an infusion, and what that does is that decreases your risk of getting a hospitalization or death by about 70%, so it works pretty Oof. well. Um, it does have an EUA, just like the Moderna vaccine. Okay, what's the EUA? Oh, emergency use authorizations. So that okay. means it got an emergency use authorization by the FDA. Um, uh, the Moderna vaccine and Johnson Johnson vaccine are still under emergency use authorization. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Pfizer vaccine is fully FDA authorized for people 16 and above. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, shout out to Remy. Remy was good. Remy, I know you got some questions because you're just a weirdo. 
I like I want to get challenged by like the people who are really really you know like anti-vaccine and yeah so anybody I want, that's I want their questions I want you know so anybody in the live that's anti-vaccine uh why are you anti-vaccine or actually even even vaccine hesitant because I know like I feel like if I don't know I feel like if I was a if I was not a physician I didn't have access to the information that mm-hmm. I have access to I just saw all this like information flying online, boom, boom, yeah. boom, like I would be kind of like hesitant. hesitant and and you know and, and doubtful too, because I wouldn't know what's true and what's not. Because I'll be seeing a post here, post there, blah, 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 you know, like um, and you know, most a lot of black people, unfortunately, you know, they don't go to a doctor on a regular basis. They don't have a doctor nope. that could just hit up for, you know, nope. things like that. So, you know, if I was just hearing things online like that, I would probably be um I'll probably be a little bit hesitant, hesitant as well. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, I don't think if you were my brother, I'd be getting the well, vaccine. Right? Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you, you did it. I trust you. I know you would never tell me anything harmful to my health. And um, and uh, Masquerade Zeta, she wants to know more information about vaccine for kids. Um, I guess if it's safe or... I mean, so uh, vaccines are safe for... Um, uh, all for at least for Moderna for Pfizer, uh, it has emergency use authorization for twelve and above, and it has been uh, safe for those for that age group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know there was like stuff in the news about like heart inflammation and stuff. Yeah, like that. um, that's more on like the pediatrics kind of thing. But from like what I know about it, that um, complication was very very rare, and it was like never fatal. Yeah, and it was very it was temporary, um, and it can happen with COVID nineteen as well if if you get COVID nineteen. But the people who did get that complication, uh, they were under the age of thirty and they were male. Okay, so um, that was the age group that seemed to be you know at the highest risk, risk for that. But that. even in that group, it was very very rare. <laughs> oh, what it was it? something that was actually was not picked up in the clinical trials because okay. it was that rare. Rare, okay. Mm-hmm. So question, like, what about for kids under 12? Anything had been approved for kids under 12? Nah, that, but they're still doing um, studies for that. So what they're doing is, so the way that they um, do the approval process for kids is a lot different than what they do for adults because kids aren't, Mike. sorry, kids aren't um, little adults. Uh, so they do the vaccine a lot differently. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, the Moderna vaccine is about 30 micrograms. Uh, what they do for kids under 12 is that they give them smaller and smaller doses, and rather than wait for them to get sick, they just measure the antibody levels. Because they know at a certain level of antibody, you should have good protection. Mm-hmm. So they don't wait for them to get sick, they just uh, measure the antibodies and they assume that they're protected. Um, and then they give them smaller doses and they try to make sure that they have minimal side effects and with the adequate antibody mm-hmm. response. So um, what they found out so far is that um, they actually started giving them like 10 micrograms, so like a third of the dose, and they got a really good antibody response. And then they gave them even less. They gave them five micrograms. Mm-hmm. And even with the five micrograms with the kids, they got a really good antibody response and still less side effects. Uh, I mean, so do you think that the children's is just a lack of hygiene or just lack of genuine basic hygiene? Do you think not because they're, they're messy or they're dirty, just because mm-hmm. kids are kids. Mm-hmm. Do you think that allows them to have a stronger immune system than? Um, not so, I mean, I think basically like your immune system, I don't know how to explain this. Um, you're when you, when you're, 
growing up and you're maturing, your immune system is maturing with you, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and part of that process is like whenever you get sick, you get like a very kids get like this very robust inflammatory response mm-hmm. and um, they generate immunity a lot easier than, and, they, and it lasts longer than when you're an adult. So kind of like when a saying is close to death. <laughs> <laughs> so like when a saying is close to death, right? Yeah. And it's like very get bad. Revived and get revived and stronger. Yeah, sure. All right, man. That's all you got to say, bro. See, this is why I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I got y'all, bro. I got you. You see how I just broke down science to y'all? Boom, boom, bang. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's not like it's that's not like a great explanation for it, but like it's But you get close. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mind that's no sense to being. That's like, man, at one time on the uh, the the freezer saga when when uh, uh when Krillin told Vegeta told Krillin to like kill him and, yeah, almost bring him and bring him back, so then they could revive him and be stronger. That's pretty much what he just. Said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Remy said the craziest thing I've heard so far is that you can have kids that you can you can't have kids after getting the shot, bruh. <laughs> God, yo, so Chicago, uh, <laughs> boy, I tell you, boy, it's, they just different up there, boy. Shout out so, to shout out to Chicago. Um, uh, you know the, uh, so I, you know, you got to really look at um, like clinical trial data, you know, to suss all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, how clinical trials work is um, you get uh, a certain number of participants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's say a hundred people, you get fifty people the actual dose of the vaccine and then 50 people get an injection, but it's like a placebo. It doesn't do anything. Okay. And you gotta see, you know, what the response is, um, after, you know, you compare how people react with both, you know, if, if 10% of people who get the vaccine have a certain response and 10% of people who got the placebo have a certain response, um, then you know it's not due to the vaccine because the people in the placebo group uh, had the same thing. Stuff like that uh, didn't pan out in the, in the studies. Um, uh, you know, if you think about it, if um, if the vaccine caused infertility in any way, you know, over a billion people across the world have gotten vaccinated at this point. If if the vaccine did that, there would be like massive, massive decline in like birth rates and fertility rates and things like that. And then on the public health level, that hasn't happened. So that's something we would notice like pretty You would quickly. notice right away. Yeah. I'm I mean, pretty you would sure. notice within a couple of months, there'll be a huge drop off in fertility rates and things like that. Like that would be, um, I think that's just kind of information that's got, that's put out there and to try to. So what, what do you think? Uh, did you see the thing about Nicki Minaj? Yeah. What, <laughs> what is, do you want to explain like kind of what, what she did and what she said and like how that's. To be honest, I don't really know too much about it. I saw I saw the tweet, but like I don't know like if she verified the information. You know, like mm-hmm. you know, my cousin's best friend. That's two degrees of separation. Like that could have been you know misconstrued yeah. all kinds of ways by the time it got to her. So yeah, um, you know, I would you, I would have to know if that was even um, you know something that came up. I would tell you right now that in the clinical trials, nothing like that panned out. Nothing. Uh, there was no issue with, she said the swollen testicles, that's called orchitis. That's something that didn't pan out. Uh, impotence is not something that panned out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there was no, there wasn't any significant reports of uh, impotence or erectile dysfunction or orchitis in the clinical trial. So I'm not going to go out and tell people that, yeah, that could happen. 
Okay. I mean, to be honest, it kind of sounds like an STD is what. That's what the symptoms that she was describing. Sounds, that's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> what is the all right? So, Miss Masquerade Zeta wants to know what is the craziest thing you've heard about the vaccine? Like just the wildest. Like, where do y'all get your information? Um, I th- I mean, I think like what I said earlier, like the fact that I mean I've seen people um, say that you know the majority of people getting them into the hospital. Are, are vaccinated because that's like the most demonstrably false thing that mm-hmm. you could say because um, all you got to do is just like walk into any COVID ICU and and just ask a nurse like how many of these people are unvaccinated they could tell you um, you know you know at this most recent surge um, that we had usually our hospital census between 80 to you know 90 percent to 95 percent of the patients uh, were admitted to the hospital were unvaccinated. Mm. Um, and that's not, you know, and us like, you know, not, we're not making numbers up or anything like that. Yeah. You know, we're, that's kind of what it is. And if that was the case, the, sur- the surge would be way worse than what it was. Yeah. You know, so, um, so another, another question. So like, you know how they kind of say like, once you say you, you get, you get COVID, you beat yeah. COVID and you have the antibodies. Do you, are you still encouraged to get the vaccine or do you not need to get vaccinated? Like that's yeah, the, you, so that's a good question. So that's, that's actually a very valid question. Like that's yeah. a, a question. I'm like, a genius. Go ahead. <laughs> so that's a very valid question. Like that people can ask themselves or should be asking is like, after you get sick and you recover, mm-hmm. um, can I get vaccinated when I can get vaccinated or are you protected after you get an infection? So we do know that after you get infected, you actually in the short term, your immunity actually to coronavirus is really good. Um, but what we don't know, uh, what, what we do know is that you can get it again. But what we don't know is um, how long that natural immunity lasts. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it may last longer. For some people, it may not last. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't have any good way to predict that. So, um, you know, we think that natural immunity can last about 90 days but or, or longer. But, you know, we're not really sure. But we do have good data and we have known data about how long a vaccine immunity lasts and how well that immunity protects you. Mm -hmm. So because of that, if you get infected, you should uh, go ahead and get vaccinated afterwards. Um, The other advantage to um, getting vaccinated is that based on how the vaccine was designed, the vaccine was designed to basically be, be, be pretty protective against future variants, even variants that aren't out yet. So, you know, your natural immunity may not, work well with um, future variants where uh, the vaccine should be pretty protective against uh, future variants. Okay, so do you think this is something we'll be taking for the rest of our lives? Kind of like a flu shot? Um, probably, we'll have to see. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest questions with the vaccine is its durability. How long, when you get vaccinated, how long does that immunity last? How well does it protect you for how long? Um, you know, you may end up getting a couple of vaccines after two years and you're good for the rest of your life. Yeah. You, they may have to make um, the, a new vaccine for a, another variant that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we're at the point where, uh, and I hate to say this, but I do think that we're pretty much approaching or we're at the point where the coronavirus is, is here to stay with us forever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what we call endemic. Endemic means that something naturally occurs at a certain level in a community. Um, you know, how we respond to that in the future depends on us. You know, I don't think that um, living in a world where we, um, you know, pretty much fill up the entire capacity of, of ICUs and things like that, that's unsustainable. We can't be doing that, you know, in perpetuity. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why people do need to get vaccinated is so that we don't have issues with ICUs being full and us having to ration care and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't be doing that forever. Our health system is not designed for that. For that yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, it may end up being uh, something where you get a booster every one to two years, three years, who knows. Yeah. Uh, but we, what we do need to do is try to get, try to get the pandemic to a level that we could actually manage. Mm. All right, another question from... Um, all right, so I'm going to get to this. We have two statements, and I'm going to just read JC Live's question first. She said, would you recommend pregnant women getting vaccinated? Uh, yeah, so I do recommend um, pregnant women get vaccinated. Actually, I'm going to try to pull up... Uh, I have some uh, notes from an article that uh, I took earlier. And we have another um, question from Masquerade Zeta. I got a lot of questions. Do you he says he likes right. that you got a lot of questions, but go ahead. So, um, so here's what we do know about um, COVID and pregnancy. And I have a couple of notes here because uh, I didn't want to misquote anything. So, uh, and this is basically based on uh, observational study of 326,335 reproductive age women. Um, and 28% of those women became pregnant. And what we found out was that um, pregnant women were five, five times more likely to be hospitalized for COVID. Um, they were 50% more likely to get, um, uh, to get admitted to the ICU. They were 70% more likely to be intubated. And uh, the death rate was about the same. So. We do know that uh, pregnant women are at increased risk of severe disease. Um, we also know- and This is reference to unvaccinated women. Unvaccinated women. Okay. Well, this is just for COVID-19 in general. Okay. Yeah, for women who get, I don't think they, um, on this study, they didn't- um, uh, Do vaccinated They didn't collect data on who was vaccinated and who wasn't. Okay. Um, but I suspect some people were vaccinated, some people weren't. I mean, this was between January 22nd and June 7th. Uh, this year? Uh, no, I think the January 22nd to June 7th. I don't know. So this is probably all unvaccinated because this was between January 22nd and June 7th of 2020, actually. Okay. So that's yeah. more, all, there was no so vaccine. Was more last year, yeah. So, um, so and th what this study showed was that basically when pregnant women were at increased risk of getting severe disease. Mm. Um, the, but we also know that is that pregnant women are also at risk of like poor pregnancy outcomes, like miscarriage, stillbirth, and um, uh, preterm labor. There was another study that uh, was just published in. Oh dang, I don't have my phone. Uh, dang, I just sent this article out to my colleagues. Um, but basically, it showed that uh, pregnant women. Uh, who get COVID-19, they're at increased risk of preeclampsia. Preeclampsia is a blood pressure disorder in pregnancy. 
And they showed that what was really interesting about this study was that the more severe their COVID-19 disease was, the more likely they were to get uh, preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. So there's like what we call a dose response to that. So uh, what we do know is that if you get, you know, if you get COVID in pregnancy, it, you could have bad outcomes. Um, uh, we do have also good data that uh, COVID-19, if you get vaccinated in pregnancy, that is safe. Um, there's another study. There was a study that came out recently about a few weeks ago that showed that the increase, there's no increased risk of miscarriage if you get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the side effects for women who were who are pregnant are the same as uh, women who are not pregnant. So, mm. um, you know, the vaccine is safe in pregnancy. Um, you're taking a, it's a bigger risk to continue your pregnancy unvaccinated uh, than if you're, un, it's a bigger risk to your pregnancy to continue your pregnancy unvaccinated than vaccinated. If you're that worried, like about getting vaccinated in pregnancy, then you should probably get vaccinated before you get pregnant. Uh, if you're that worried about it, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay, all right. So, JC, hope that helps your your uh, your question. Um, hearing conflicting length of time for getting booster if compromised immune system. What is the clear recommendation uh, for boosters? Um, so if you're immunocompromised and you should talk to your doctor to, and he should, your doctor should tell you if you are immunocompromised or not. Uh, so that's number one. But if you are immunocompromised after 28 days, uh, they say that you could get a third dose. And I think the, a booster is kind of a misnomer. Really all it is is just a third dose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just getting a third dose. Um, so if you're immunocompromised, uh, they say that you could get a third dose after 28 days from your second dose. Okay. Um, if you are at risk of severe disease or if you're older than 65 years old, then you could get a, um, a third dose six months after your last one. Because what they showed was that for some people, your antibody levels go down after six months from getting vaccinated mm-hmm. and that you could correct that with a third dose. And the people who were uh, more likely to have that happen to were people who were like over 65 and things like that. Um, Other countries have opened up uh, third doses to their population. I think Israel is probably like the most, you know, famous one for doing that. They opened up, um, you know, uh, third doses for, you know, majority of their population. Okay. All right. Is there any like just general information that you want the people to know as far as just about the vaccine and about just pregnant women during this time the pandemic like so I'm tired of shit now I gotta go I'm tired as fuck sorry it's not you bro it's just one of those days Tuesdays are like gonna be my long day oh, okay so what's the information you got oh, oh the that was the uh, yeah I mean compromise yeah mm. any other gems you wanna drop um I don't know I mean I think like um you know, when, when you, I mean, I'm all for, you know, patients empowering themselves um, and patients doing their own research. But one of the things that I've noticed uh, with a lot of patients who do that or say that is they're doing research based on bad information mm-hmm. and they're making <clears throat> the decision to continue to be unvaccinated based on bad information. And I think that it's a tragedy when people make decisions on false information. You know, I'm all for people making decisions that are in the best interest of them. But if you 
make a decision based on not true information, then did you make, you know, a logical decision? Did you make a good decision? Yeah, yeah. You know, not that it's their fault, but it's, um, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a tragedy when people are making these really life or death decisions, you know, based on wrong information. You know, if you made a decision to not get vaccinated because someone told you that all the people who are getting vaccinated are dying in the hospitals, then, you know, that's not true. You made a decision based on that. You know, that's a bad decision. I mean, if people, if people want to go do their own research, where should they be looking? I mean, go to like, number one, what you could do is you could talk to your doctor, ask your doctor those questions because I know, I know what me, me personally, why I decided to speak out a little bit more is, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, I, I never really brought it up. I figured people would know, you know, like I thought people would get, would get good information, mm-hmm. but just over time, like as I admitted more and more, you know, sick women in the hospital, um, I realized that um, when they were unvaccinated, you know, I realized they never talked to a doctor about it, never talked to a professional. They talked to an aunt, a cousin, you know, they read something online or they watched a YouTube video and that's not really considered research. You mm-hmm. know, research, you t- talk to someone who has expertise, someone who, you know, who literally does this type of work for a living, mm-hmm. who, whose job is on the line if they give you bad information. Um, so, you know, talk to those types of people, you know, try not to get your information from social media or even, um, you know, news outlets and things like that. You know, you could look, I mean, CDC... FDA websites, I mean, those are, they're, they're not going to give you wrong information. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you could look at, you know, professional organization. If you want, um, if you want more information on how vaccines affect kids, go to the American Academy of Pediatrics. You know, there's, that's the governing body for pediatrics. If you want information on vaccines and pregnancy, go to the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology or Society of Maternal Fetal Medicine. They have information about that, you know, so, you know, and like I said, talk to a health professional. You know, okay, okay. Another question we have is what do we, what do we need to know about the mu variant? Oh, um, <clears throat> I have to do more reading uh, about that. I'm gonna defer that question. Maybe next time we, I have to do more a little bit more reading on the mu variant. But that is a new emerging variant, and there is some concern that the vaccines may not be as effective against that variant. Um, we do know that the vaccines are more protective against that variant compared to someone who's unvaccinated, but how much we don't know yet. And, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, depends on the answer to that question, like the infectivity and things like that. I want to put like a lot of stuff out there without me doing any like proper reading. So I'll rather read up on that a little bit more uh, before I like give like a more definitive answer. Okay. I think um, Tashana might have a question. Tashana, please hurry up because I want to get off this. No disrespect. What's up, Kim? Kim, how you doing? Um, shout out to the Globe. JC, what's up, Beast? Um, everybody tuning in right now. Monique, how you doing? Yeah, general questions. We want to wrap this up. Uh, I got to go because I was supposed to be at the club like 15 minutes ago. So, Oh, don't be saying my government name. Okay, my bad. <laughs> Tashana. I mean, she, it's like basically her, her name. name. Yeah, whatever, but... <laughs> like, she ain't living a double life. Can vax people donate blood? Yeah, they can donate blood. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, ever, if you have an infection like HIV, hepatitis, don't be out there vaccin- uh, giving, uh, giving blood away. That's not good. Uh, to your brother, he did a great job. Oh, thank you. JC Live, you know who that is? Uh, she's talking about me? 
you. She got to talk about me. Oh. <laughs> That's my homegirl from North Carolina. Ooh. All right, man. Well, appreciate y'all taking out the time. So much to tune in. Once again, I, this will be posted up as a full episode on my podcast, first of all. It's available on all streaming platforms. And I will be posting this to my reels, I guess, or I'll be permanently posting this whole live on my Instagram page. And thank you guys for tuning in. Um, let me see. Cap. Cap. Uh, you can de- Oh yeah You can also reach out To my brother Oh yeah If you have any like You know uh, Specific questions Or something that you thought of After the podcast You can always hit up my DMs I'll, I'll Type in the right It's like having it in the comments Alright cool Yeah, I'll, I'll type in my uh, IG name Alright there it is uh, I'm trying to find Nicholas uh, N-I-C-K-O-L-U-S Underscore prime um, You could always like You know If you want to Drop a comment Concern or request Or something like that You know you know, challenge me because like I like to be challenged with questions because if I don't know the answer, I will go look it up from a reliable source. Um, and it kind of helps me too. like I because I get I get to when patients ask me questions or when people ask me questions that lets me know what's on their minds, what kind of questions they want answered, because the questions I have um, about this pandemic, the vaccine, the virus and everything is is different than what, you know, the general population wants to know. So if you tell, if you guys ask me questions that lets me know, oh, this is what people are really interested in. This is the information that people want to know. And I could go look that up. Mm-hmm. So I could try to look for reliable, uh, peer-reviewed uh, data, and I could come up with like a real answer uh, for those questions. So, uh, you know, challenge me with your questions. Do you have any more, any um, crazy work stories? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm like, <laughs> I would say like, I'm not like immune to it, but like, uh, I would say that uh, I think the surge right now is not as bad as it was um, about a month ago. Rolling Loud weekend? It was after Rolling It was after that weekend. I think after that week, that week after that, I f- it felt it literally felt like I was drowning in sick patients. I mean, that's like, you know, like, I mean, man, we had like so many sick. So what, what, is, like, what is your attire? All right. When is the what is the attire for you like when you go to work? Are you fully like hazmat suit type shit or is it like? Um, it depends. So you know, just so if I'm like walking, you know, around the hospital, mm-hmm. I just have like regular scrubs on, you know. But uh, if I'm going into a patient who is known to have COVID, then I'll wear we wear like um, a face shield. I put an N95 mask on, uh, gloves, and like a like a bunny suit kind of thing. Okay. Uh, if I'm doing surgery on a patient that has coronavirus, then I put on like the whole like hazmat looking suit. It's called a toga. A toga. It's, yeah. So it's like, um, you know, basically like a whole, it, it kind of looks like a space suit. I don't know how else to explain it. Mm. So, how, I mean, what is like the biggest complication you face so far with the pandemic and a particular patient? So one of the hardest things is when we have a severely ill women. I'm talking about a pregnant woman who's intubated and not doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say they're pretty early on in the pregnancy. You know, if they're like, you know, late second trimester, early third trimester, that's around like 26, you know, 23 weeks, 26 weeks, somewhere in that range. Uh, you know, the mom's not doing well, but you know, if you deliver the baby, the baby probably won't do well. And that's like a really delicate balance that you have to play day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, 
um, because there's no good data that says that if you deliver those patients, that the patient's actually going to do better. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, what do you do? You know, and I think that's like probably the thing. So that's the situation where do we have an abortion to save the mother's life? Mm, no, because the thing is, like, if you do an abortion, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get better. Mm. Uh, so, you know, what we've been doing is uh, we've been kind of keeping them pregnant until something pushes us to deliver them. Like if the baby's not doing well or if you feel like the baby's safer outside than inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, basically- And you make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Damn. That's a lot, bro. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, bro. Better than me. And kind of how I see it nowadays is like, you know, every time uh, somebody or a family is faced with a decision like that, it's not just me making that decision. Yeah. I'm making that decision with, I mean, usually the patient's like intubated and not, you know, sometimes they're unconscious or whatever, but, you know, we're talking to the family, the husband, the mother, whatever, and it's like a shared decision. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's a decision that didn't need to be made because like, you know, this is so preventable now. Oh, because of the vaccine. Because of the vaccine. Mmm, <laughs> damn. So what do you think about the... All right, just a little off topic. Um, what do you think about the, the bill that passed in Texas? Oh, oh the abortion bill? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, uh, that's like... You need a whole other podcast for that, man. I mean, I'm not like... Some of that stuff is... A lot of that... A lot of, the, a lot of that... You know, I... What makes it harder for me to comment is uh, the legality. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not into law and things like yeah. that in politics. I'm not really into all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but from from like a medical standpoint, you know, to me, it's a, it's very unethical from a medical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, dang, I don't know. I'm trying to like not get myself in trouble here. Like I know, I mean. <laughs> If you can, it's cool. I understand. I, I know we. Well, I will say this. You know, I've I'm a I'm an I'm a abortion provider. I have done abortions. You know, things like that before in the past. Uh-huh. Majority of the time that I've done an abortion, it was not because some woman just didn't want to get pregnant anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Usually, there's some kind of medical reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, the baby has uh, anomalies that are incompatible with life. The mother is not um, healthy enough to carry a pregnancy. Things like that, and. I'm not sure about the legality of this law, but from what I know, there's not a lot of, I'm not sure there's a lot of wiggle room for those situations. Mm-hmm. So as an OBGYN, as an OBGYN provider in the state of Texas, like what do you do in those situations? Yeah. Um, and, you know, usually physicians in general are not like super legal buffs. You know, we, type, we tend to not know the law that well. And when we don't know the law super well, we tend to be, very conservative about things. Mm-hmm. So even if there was a provision to save the mother's life, if we're not hundred percent sure about that, we're going to be stuck, you know, yeah. like, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think that, um, I don't, it just doesn't seem like the law is very responsible. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I be reading some of it, like if you assist into assisting somebody getting abortion in any capacity, as far as from, you know, dropping them off to the clinic or the hospital for whatever they got going on, like, you can be fine, which I think is ridiculous because, oh, I think it just ended out. It timed out. Oh, Just now? Yeah. Oh. I ain't starting to back up. But once again, man, uh, CV, shout out to your uh, Instagram and all that good stuff. Oh, so uh, my Instagram is at 
N-I-C-K-O-L-U-S underscore prime, P-R-I-M-E, Nicholas Prime. Uh, like I said, challenge me with your questions. Ask challenging questions. Uh, that way, if I don't know the answer, I could, I could look it up. Uh, I could look it up with very reliable data, and I could know what is on your mind. So, because chances are, if you have that question, other uh, patients have that question, too. So I like it when you guys challenge me with questions. All right, man. Thank you so much, bro. I love you. I appreciate it. Hey, you don't love me? Yeah, I love you too. <laughs> Damn, bro, you flow, bro. God. <laughs>